Hi, I'm Molly Moran, and this is the Table Wine Podcast. I am joined by my long-lost co-host, Andy Stoiber. <laughs> Hi, Molly. Hi. Long lost. Like, I'm stranded at sea? Is this? I haven't seen you in a while, <laughs> I know. so, you know. You've been... Which, in fairness, is because summer is just not for me. <laughs> I just hide. I go in my basement. I stay in darkness. Even going outside for walks in the evening when it's, like, getting dark. I return home and my skin is like radiating heat. I'm a mess in the summer. (laughs) I was just reading that summertime sad is a thing. The seasonal depression, that it's a thing. Yes. No one talks about it because I don't think I heard about it until last summer. And I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely get the summer sad. (laughs) Do you? I'm not quite summer sad, but I don't, I mean, I don't love it. I I wish like every year it's such a big I don't know, monster in my mind of like, what will summer be like? And everyone's so excited. And then it happens. And it's all so quick. It's August now. Shut <laughs> that we your are. face. And I'm just excited. I'm really excited for fall and Christmas. I'm already thinking about Christmas. I love I'm insane. about you. Um, <laughs> I do. So everybody, we recorded the first three episodes of this season all in a row on the same day. Yeah. If you were wondering why we weren't talking about topics of the day that's why and so needless to say things were not great (laughs) it's been a rough few months yeah um a lot has changed good and bad i guess so andy how are you what's new in your life uh doing better as i think i said maybe going to new york and did go to new york and that has been a big reset on life highlight of summer and being in new york in the summer uh, it's like miserably warm and hot there but you're in New York, surrounded by everyone else who's hot and uncomfortable. And you're like, you know, you're getting somewhere. You're in Central Park. So I liked summer in New York, even though I sweat so much. But it really, I love New York. <laughs> so that, and that's just been a whole, so that, that gave me purpose in life. I'm like, I love New York City so much. Want to live there. And it was inspiring to be in. That's great. I'm glad that you love it so much. I find it dumbfounding that you <laughs> don't like Madison in the summer, but you like New York in the summer. That, I gotta say, that's like all in your head, friend. Cause, I know. Um, I know. Objectively it, speaking, that just can't be true. <laughs> no, it like can't be true. And I'm no. sure if I actually had to live in summer for, a, like in New York for a whole summer, I would be crying You'd be like, I wish I could go misery. walk by a lake. I wish there yeah. was a breeze. I wish the air didn't feel like death. <laughs> But there's something to say about being on subways to get around. Like, I don't know. I just, I just love New York. It's something in the air for me, or the water. You know, they do it's have insane. good water. I'll say that. Yeah, they have it's lovely good. drinking water. They really do, genuinely. It is. It is. So that's just been really nice because I, honestly, the goal is eventually to move to New York, and so having that in mind again is really exciting. That's even great. though it won't be years, but it's nice to have goals that are years away. That's. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. That's great. How about you, Molly? How are things? Oh, how are things? Now they're good. The Mm -hmm. process of moving table wine four blocks away has been the slowest, most red tape laden process ever. So I think when we recorded in the beginning of June, I was like, yeah, any day now the building permit's going to come through. And the building permit came through two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it took a really long time, but renovations are like in full, full throws now, Uh, inspectors coming through and all sorts of stuff. And I have to go pick paint colors tomorrow. And so it feels like it's possible. So, um, yeah, 
it's promising. Good. I mean, we'll be releasing this on, what is that, August 17th, mm-hmm. right? And the shop in its new location will be opening... September 23rd. So the story with this is that the building will probably be ready to go, like, September 1st. Like, all of okay. the things will be ready. I am going on a trip from the first half of September to France. And so, unfortunately, <laughs> the timing on this is that I'm going to get off the plane when we get back home, try to catch up on sleep for one day, oh. and then move the next day. Wow. So Amazing. It's going to be a whirlwind, but it's going to be great. We're going to open for my birthday. That's my... Yay. And transitioning into that fall season, which I am here for. (laughs) Everyone who's been listening knows that Andy and I are both Libras. And so that's our favorite time. So it'll be Libra season. We'll open like just in time for Libra season. It'll be fantastic. So yes. Yeah. So that's what's on our horizon. Um, You want to drink some wine? Yes, please. Okay, let's do it. Please. Yes. Desperate for wine at 219 on a Thursday afternoon. (laughs) All right, we're going to pop the cork or unscrew the cap. (laughs) Yeah, unscrew the cap, pour it in that glass. And I'm looking at a beautiful pale salmon colored liquid today, (laughs) Molly. You are, Andy. Because the wines we're picking this summer are, you know, things we think you should be drinking. And so we had to pick a rosé. Of course. I mean, that is the highlight of summer for me is rosé season. Right. So this is Ercole Rosé from Piedmont, Italy. The really funny thing, everybody, I just want to be super honest, is that we had picked a different rosé, recorded a whole other episode. (laughs) It was a great episode, I will say. Yep. And that rosé moved too quickly. (laughs) By the time it came to, to release the episode, we don't have that wine anymore. So in the interim... Urkele arrived. Urkele wasn't here when we recorded originally, and Urkele just came in last week. So we get a big liter of goodness to talk about. Yes, because this does come in a liter, and it's a value. Get some bang for your buck with this wine. It is ideal. Bring it to your boat. Bring it to the picnic. Group summer hang wine drinking. It really is. So it's a blend of Barbera and Dolcetto. The importer is the Piedmont guy. And as I've seen with actually quite a few of the importers we work with, they'll have like a house label or, you know, they'll work with winemakers to have their own Mm. label. Um, Mm -hmm. In the case of Jenny and Francois, we've talked about before, they have that with a a couple different wineries where they kind of work with them and they brand the wine themselves. So Urkele is kind of the label that the Piedmont guy has given a red, white, uh, rosé and Moscato from Piedmont that's grown by a cooperative um, in Monferrato, more specifically. They're all sustainable. They're all vegan. They're leaders. Andy already said, like, super great value. So you can pat yourself on the back as you drink it. I'm just going to ask to unpack a little about what you just said there, because I think there was a lot baked in to <laughs> the origin of this wine. I think particularly the co-op. Like, what what does that mean that this is from a co-op. It means that it's a group of farmers who themselves are not winemakers necessarily. Sometimes they are. Usually the deal with co-ops is that like it's a bunch of neighbors. They bring the grapes to a place and there's somebody there that makes the wine. So it's not necessarily a state grown fruit. 
So when you don't have a state grown fruit, that can mean that things are more subject to change. Mm -hmm. um, it has historically meant lower quality. And some of that is still true. But when you find importers that you really trust, when they're working with a co-op, you can be like, oh, yeah, this is the Piedmont guy kind of it's his handshake. It's his like, welcome to the Piedmont guy's portfolio. Come fall in love with Ercole because it's, you know, $15 liter rosé. And hey, when you need a special bottle, why don't you buy one of my Barolos, right? Like that's kind of the idea with it. So I, I think that it's a savvy marketing move, but also just a friendly handshake. Yeah, no, I just think it's fun. I mean, people are guessing are familiar with the food co-ops and farm co-op situations that are abundant in Madison and the States. But I think it's really fun that wine has a co-op model that's really strong. And I think when you start looking into wine news, wine co-ops become much more prominent. Yeah. <laughs> they have like power in France and Italy and wine growing countries. It's interesting. Yeah. But and I think a lot of juice. wines you drink, you people, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> Are, might be co-op wines that you don't know are co-op wines, mm -hmm. right? They don't have to fess up to that necessarily. So when this wine showed up, I was so excited because I thought, oh, yay, now we can talk about it on the podcast. Year in and year out, yeah. I, it just tastes like watermelon. It's just yes. like... Watermelon Jolly Rancher. We'll stay away from watermelon sugar today. Watermelon Jolly Rancher. Yeah. Just, you know, some of that. Well, what else? Let's. Well, and I got like really caught up on it. It's a little warmer than when I had it last night. Last night, I was like watermelon rind. Yes, mm. this is my second bottle of this in mm -hmm. two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, good. I had friends over yes. for dinner and we were having BLTs and Ercole Rosato is just like the thing with tomatoes. It's so good with it. No, I will even say this is better than I anticipated if that's fair, where I think there's some, like, this good of a value for a liter of wine, I, I can be skeptical of. And I'm like, well, how good was this last vintage? I'm very pleased with this. It's super solid juice that I think is widely appealing. Like, that, the watermelon note you're mentioning, I think, is a widely palatable, enjoyable, fun thing for rosé. Yeah. And so to have it in this affordable package is exciting. Yeah, and I think there's a little minerality in the background and I think there's really nice acidity. It's not fat, I guess is the mm -hmm. wi the wine word that people sometimes use or flabby, like it's not just this kind of syrupy. Mm -mm. You know, I I just want people when we when we say watermelon jolly rancher, we mean that in the utmost. Yes, it's like a round happy, like in a good like yeah. the hint like your memory of jolly rancher, not when it's actually like puckering your mouth, but right. When you think of, well, I guess this triggers my memory of Jolly yeah. Rancher. Yeah, and I also uh -huh. think that if you, maybe you wouldn't necessarily think this if you didn't know what the grapes were, but when you know, like, oh, this is Rosé of Barbera, I think you can mm -hmm. taste that kind of, like, red cherry that you get in a lot of Barberas. I think you can, like, directly mm -hmm. kind of taste the correlation there, which is, I also think is really fun. Yes. No, it's very good. I've been practicing my... I don't know, trusting my gut with wine and drinking, which has been fun because I got to recently, I was drinking, we're going to go too much of a tangent, but it's, oh my God, the Mountain Blanco. Oh yeah. And that, that wine, which Lucas told me was the best bottle in the shop. <laughs> um, super incredible, like it's great label. It's amazing wine. It is amazing wine. It is and... the Molino Real for people who are wondering what we're talking about. It's the yeah, Mountain Blanco. <laughs> yeah. It's from Malaga, Spain, and it is made by none other than Telmo Rodriguez, who is one of my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite winemakers. Yeah. A little more of a like 
special bottle, I guess, yeah. for your summer drinking. But I just like it's really fun to just trust yourself. I was drinking it and I was the note I came to was G, lychee, and sake. And then Chris, I was like, okay, these like Molly, you have your three notes. I'm like, I want to come up with three notes for my wine. But that wine was able to trigger. I'm like, I don't know the last time I've had lychee fruit, years, but that like, I don't know, taste, smell memories are like rooted in you and I think it's why wine is so exciting and fun is that you're like, wow, this thing I haven't had for years or a decade, I'm being reminded of totally. in this wine. Yeah. Um, and so that's fun. <laughs> that's, yeah. same with, I mean, similarly to Jolly Ranchers, I haven't had a Jolly Rancher in years. And so when I get wines that remind me of like childhood candies and things, I'm like, this is great. And you just feel proud. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think the first time I came across the tasting note of Sour Patch Kids was probably a few <laughs> years ago. And I thought that was so revolutionary because I was like, well, that's not like on the flavor wheel. You know, that's not like one of the fruits that we're allowed Mm. to talk about. And it made me more playful in the notes that I have at the shop. And then I've just kind of, I think, you know, through podcasting with you and trying to like talk about like where we visualize ourselves when we drink these wines and things like that. I'm trying to expand my vocabulary as well. So I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, it's learning to trust your instinct, even when it's wrong. I don't know. I'm just getting that. Like, it's taken years to really just try and think, okay, Andy, what am I actually being reminded of when I'm drinking this? And say it out loud. Yep. Or express it. Don't hide it. Don't be afraid. Because it's been years of fear that I'd be wrong. And I'm like, well, I think I'm actually doing okay now. Yeah. And also, it's your taste buds. So, like, I can't tell you yep. that that's not what you're tasting, right? Like. Exactly. I can tell you what are, like, the more accepted things for Barbera and Dolcetto, right? You know, but yep. I can't straight up just tell you you're wrong. Yeah, but I just always look back to that song. I think of like the tennis balls, like these funny things where it's like the weirder the thing is, the stronger association you have. And I, it just makes wine drinking a fun activity. Yeah, I agree with you. Because like for me, like I was saying with this wine, I have this watermelon rind thing. And I mm-hmm. just was like pickled watermelon rind. Like that's like I like pickled. like pickled watermelon rind, like this like salty green watermelon. And I was like, that's my thing. And like not to say that I can't change my mind about it, but I was like, that's mm-hmm. what I think when I taste this wine. Wow. No, yes. Pickled. Wa- I didn't notice the pickled part before. Have you actually, is pickled watermelon rind a, a thing you can have in like? It is. It is a that? thing. It is a thing in the South. They oh. often have it with pork to kind of cut oh. through the... Wow. Yeah, the fat of meat. Mm-hmm. And so have you had it before? I'm just yes, like genuine. I've okay. made it. Yeah. Ama- oh, wow. See, amazing. See, this is why I eat and drink all the things right? to improve your wine vocabulary. Right? <laughs> if you just eat Kraft macaroni and cheese, you're not going to have as many words. <laughs> Though I would love a bottle of wine that reminds me of Kraft mac and cheese. <laughs> Give me that, please. If I ever come across that wine, we'll have a special episode just about that. <laughs> good, good. The one thing I will mention before we move on about rosé specifically this year, it always, you know, kind of comes in when the weather gets warm and kind of starts to f- to flow out as the weather cools down. This year, more than any other year, supply is, you know, whatever. We did like, a whole season about the supply chain, but it it's really coming in waves. You know, the, the Urquilé just showed yeah. up, right, at the end of July. I have no doubt that we'll sell as much as I pre-bought. I, I don't doubt that. But there is this like, whoa, I expected to kind of have this all summer long. You know, I know that we had somebody serve this at a June wedding last year or two years ago. Oh. Right. And it's just like that kind of like Lucas was saying to me, we don't have a lot of French rosés right now. And I was like, yeah, all the French rosés came 
Wow. They're kind of moving out the door. And now all the Italians and the Germans and the Austrians are coming. You know, it's just a very, yeah. it's hard. It's really hard. So, Which, for the consumer perspective, if there's a bottle that you end up really loving, I would say buy it when you can because it you don't know when it will run out. Yes. Um, if you like it, like buy a, buy a case of it. If you want to know that you can drink this on Labor Day, please do not expect to be able to walk yeah. in on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. <laughs> like I can't guarantee that we'll have it. It's just like how things are working right now. So, yep. Yep, that's That's my always point. the case with a few favorite rosés every season. It's like, well, there's only a case of this. So, buy it when you can. I know. I know. <laughs> now it is time to decant. Where we let the subject breathe. Ah. Let it breathe. Woo. Let it breathe. Yeah. Okay, so for our summer picks, we've been moving through all the different media that one might consume mm-hmm. in the summer. And it is time now to talk about summer movies. Woo! Summer movies. Which I know Andy <laughs> is thrilled that we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually now that you said summer movies, I was like, oh yes, blockbusters. <laughs> So I'm going to go first because I actually have watched movies this summer, whereas I'm not so sure Andy has. I have. I just am almost embarrassed by what I've watched. So <laughs> we'll start with you. Okay. And then I'll that's round fair. this out. I had nothing for TV. So, you know, it's okay. Oh, oh my God. Wait, TV. Got to mm. back up. Got to back up yes. and say that we finished Succession. And I have so much to say about it. I'm not going to do it right now. But we did finish based on this podcast because Andy looked at me. Like, what the hell? Go finish Succession. And we did. I'm so happy because I do think it's a special and show. And the final so. episode of that season is like one of the best episodes of television ever. So. Yes. Yes. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. So, okay. Sorry. Okay. Back to <laughs> movies. Um, so I have actually two picks and I'm going to try to keep this brief. I have an in the theater pick and a streaming pick so that if you don't Great. feel comfortable going to theaters, which I completely understand, you have something for everybody. Love it. So so my at-home pick is Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. It is streaming on Hulu, and it stars Emma Thompson as a widow who has never had an orgasm before. And she hires this incredibly attractive sex worker to help her explore her sexuality. And it is so much more than that. I don't want to say too much. A friend of mine said, when the movie starts, the actor who plays the sex worker is so handsome that you'll be like, I'm never going to be able to do anything other than just stare at him, gawk at him. (laughs) And that's true at first. And then his character is just really complex and interesting. And their dynamic is very interesting. And they cover class and they cover race and they cover all sorts of things beyond just sexual pleasure. But at the end of the day, like that's the, that's the thrust of movie. Sorry for that. (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. Um, But it is an amazing movie. I found it super empowering and I just love it. And I think everybody should watch it. And then my theater pick is Nope. Oh, you saw it? I did. Tell me more. (laughs) I am such a scaredy cat. And the fact that I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go see a Jordan Peele movie in the theater because I didn't see Get Out in the theater because I'm too afraid of things. And I regret that I never saw it in the theater i never saw us because everybody told me it was too scary so i was like i feel like aliens don't scare me in the same way that i don't know no i agree i fully i agree with everything you've just said yeah and i'm curious how scary was it it's not that scary um it i don't want to give 
too much away. Yeah. And I also know that like every podcast that I've consumed in the last two weeks has just all been about nope. So I don't feel like I have that much to say to add to the cacophony of voices on this movie. But I will say it's visually stunning. If you are comfortable going to the movies, I really do recommend seeing it on the IMAX or just seeing it on a big screen rather than watching it at home because he is doing some amazing stuff. I mean, like there's a character in the movie who is a cinematographer. I mean, there were scenes where Connor and I left and we were talking about the lighting. You know, oh. we were talking about how Daniel Kaluuya was lit and like, you're, that's not the kind of conversations we have usually. So it is a little, it's a, I mean, it's a thrillery kind of, you know, there's a little scary stuff, but okay, good. I slept just I mean, fine. Good, good. No, I, I need to see it. It's on the list. I want to see it in IMAX, maybe tonight. I'm glad you saw it and that you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's thought provoking. I think it's very interesting. I really like Jordan Peele. I just, yeah, I'm all for it. I think everybody should see it. I I, I was honestly thinking about this today because I feel like I'm failing the summer movie scene by not seeing it, especially as it's being talked about as like a Spielberg. It feels like the quintessential classic summer blockbuster that's, you know, not an Avengers. It's not a Marvel franchise that... You know, I, w- I want to support and I'm glad someone's making these movies. And so I'm thrilled it's getting such positive reception. And at least people who don't seem to like it appreciate it. And it seems like it's a thought provoking, interesting thing, no matter like what side you come out on it. Yeah, I agree completely. I agree. And we had a child away. She was at sleepaway camp and we were like, we should go to the movies. That's the kind of thing. That people without children do. They go to nine o'clock movies. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. And then I kept looking at movie times and I was like, I don't want to see any of these movies. And so then Nope came out and I was very excited. So. Yeah. Okay. It. Now I'm going to take us in a slightly different direction. Okay. Um, But I really enjoy, I'm going to follow your streaming and in theaters pick, even though I don't. It would still be in theaters. I'm going to shamelessly plug Top Gun Maverick <laughs> because Tom Cruise is my problematic fave. I understand. So he's problematic, so... Andy. I'm sorry, no, but he makes such entertaining films. Like, he to me is just like, what does the audience want to see? And he gives it to you. My the only exception being when he was in The Last Mission Impossible with Henry Cavill, I was like, please give us a gay sex scene or some nudity nothing of the sort but anyway tom cruise in top gun maverick it's i i think it's worth seeing i mean i saw it in imax i love that i don't think it's really easily available that way anymore but the big screen the better where it just seems like a a stupid remake of a plot but it's just so entertaining it is also clearly military propaganda did i want to join the air force after watching that movie definitely i'm aware of that <laughs> But I think that's what makes it so good. I mean, it's a popcorn flick. It's like, you don't really need to think about anything. Your heart rate rises. You feel like you're part of it. And it turns into just nonstop action entertainment. And I was thrilled. I mean, Tom Cruise just does it for me. I'm so glad I don't have to speak because I can't speak. I'm laughing so hard. I know people are like, why would you like Tom Cruise? But I really do. Um, I really and I like shorter men, and so it's like a win-win. <laughs> but even though he pretends, like I know he uses illusions, but I'm like, yes, he's five foot seven. I love it. <laughs> so that's my movie pick. Um, I'm gonna be a real swerve here, but I feel like this counts. 
and I watched it last night, and it connects to my New York trip on PBS. If you were like, it's streaming. It's a great performances special. That's like the brand, right? About Company, which is a musical I saw while I was in New York. It's a Stephen Sondheim from the 70s, I believe 1970. And this PBS special has clips from the new version that's on Broadway right now with Patti Lapone, and also shows clips from the other revivals, one in 2006 and like the, in the 90s. And back to, and then there's footage from the 70s. And it, I almost cried. Ame- like, it was so good and so special. I think it's about an hour and a half. If you love musicals, or if you don't even love musicals, Stephen Sondheim passed away recently, too. And so, like, it seems like these are some of the last interviews with him. And it's it's just beautiful. And as a, if you like musical theater at all, I think it's worth it. I mean, make connections between, like, mu- just arts. Like, musical theater as an art made connections there. Talked about Mondrian in the beginning. I was in love with it. I, I was like, yes, for the rest of my life, this special exists. And I can say I saw this cast. I, I loved it. I, I love just loved it. it. I, I, we didn't have any, you know, theater or media for the summer because who goes to the theater? But <laughs> if you're in New York, yeah. there's lots of reasons to go to the theater. So if you're in New York, highly recommend seeing the musical company. But if you're not, just watch this PBS special. It's so good. Love it. It'll make you cry. I cry. <laughs> so yes, that's it. I love it. Two very different picks. Uh, yeah. Tom Cruise action or... Patti LuPone musical. <laughs> That's what I'm at. Patti LuPone and Tom Cruise. Give it to me. I mean, <laughs> in some way, I feel like you're fulfilling a stereotype by those choices, Andy. <laughs> Probably. I'm okay with that. <laughs> no judgment. Just a statement. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that is beautiful. We hope that you enjoy some yes. or all of our picks. And if you're like me and don't enjoy being outside, I hope you cool off some movies. Yeah. Let us know what you're watching. And um, coming up, we have a very special episode of the Table Wine podcast. It's going to be amazing. What a cliffhanger. That's all. Just stay tuned. (laughs) Yes. All right, Andy. Thanks, Molly. Thanks. Chin, chin. Chin Chin. The Table Line Podcast is brought to you by me, Andy Stoiber, and Molly Morand. Special thanks to Craig Ely for his production consultation. If you're enjoying what we're doing here and want to support us, you can do so at tablelinemadison.com slash podcast. And as always, please review, rate, like, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. Hope you tune in again soon.